Welcome everyone to the Modern Day Overthinker Podcast. My name is Colin and I'm your host. This week's episode is with Brandon Scott. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Brandon and I discussed a variety of topics, including bipolar disorder, doing things that make you uncomfortable, challenging yourself, life changes, his different states of bipolar disorder, and also some of the negative perspectives we have about our mental illness or about mental health in general and how we approach it. Brandon has a very unique perspective that I think other people can understand and relate to. And I'm all about hearing different perspectives. We actually talked about that and our ability to be able to keep an open mind. So without going further into what we talked about, how about you just listen to the episode? This is episode 60 with Brandon Scott. to the Modern Day Overthinker Podcast. My name is Colin and I'm your host. This week's episode is with Brandon Scott. He is the owner of Culture Shock Barbershop. He's been cutting my hair for a long time now and we always talk about mental health when I'm there. So I had to bring him back. We've done an episode that was like a year and a half ago probably. Oh, almost two. That was right yeah. when I opened the new location of the shop. So yeah, it was about yeah. two years ago. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about that earlier. The audio with the Clippers is tough. Yeah, yeah. I've been, and you've been uh, trying to figure that out yourself. I've been trying to figure that one out. Still haven't quite figured it out. Yeah, it's tough. But uh, yeah, because you have a podcast that you've been working on. You've been on and off here. We talked about that too. Yeah, it's been a... It's, I mean, it's, I think it's been almost a year since I've done it. Uh, it's something I want to get back into. Like I said, I'm just trying to figure it out. I like the... I try to make it feel and sound like you're in a barbershop, but having the clippers on the entire time gets a little annoying. Yeah. Haven't figured out quite how to filter that out and turn that down. Um, so I'm kind of working on tweaking the concept and figuring out how to kind of mess with that a little bit. And then I want to get back into doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. I I like the concept too, because it's different because there's just so many podcasts now. That's the problem. People are like, have you listened to this podcast? Have you listened to that podcast? I'm like, it's hard for me to listen to any podcast because no, I'm exactly. doing this one and I'm editing. Well, and, and and for me, it was kind of like I wanted to do a podcast, but I'm like, okay, like, what is it that I can bring? What can I do that's different than just the, the typical podcast type of thing? And the, the reason I like the concept of inside the barbershop cutting hair is because a lot of people kind of you're not used to sitting in front of a camera you can kind of freeze up and you don't really see who that person truly is yeah where when you're cutting their hair you're spinning them they don't see a camera they're used to being around me they're used to being in that environment so you kind of see the raw authentic person and i just really like that concept and being able to see that like i said i just have to try to figure out the the audio situation and you're actually cutting their hair so they're there for a reason too exactly and yeah they come in i cut their hair and 
so it's like I do the video too. So anyone who is interested in cutting hair, you see that aspect of it too. Like you can kind of see what I'm doing. I don't explain anything that I'm doing. It's not yeah. like a tutorial, but yeah. you can still see me doing it, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's something I want to get back into. I just have to kind of tweak the format a little bit, maybe only do it like partially while I'm cutting. So I don't know. I'm kind of working on some ideas, but it's definitely something I'm going to try to get up again. And with, uh, with the concept in general, like, I've talked to many people like that. Some people obviously don't go to therapy and like they treat their barber kind of like their therapist. Oh, for sure. Like some, and that's a lot of the concept is like the, the old school, the OG therapist is the yeah, barber. It's like the, the conversations that I have with people, that's what I want to bring. It's not, yeah. and I like the concept cause I can kind of bring anyone on. Yeah. I don't have, I'm not like forced into any box. It's exactly. I can have anyone I want on. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I like is just kind of, I mean, that's why my podcast is called Beyond the Cut because it's kind of, I want to show people it's not, just I don't look at, hair. yeah, I don't look at what I do as far as cutting hair. I don't necessarily love the aspect of like walking in and being like, oh man, I get to cut hair today. Like I don't, obviously I like cutting hair. I wouldn't have been doing it for almost 10 years now, but it's, I I would not say at all that it's my passion as far as like, if I go a week without doing a haircut, I'm cool. It's not like I'm like fiending like, Oh man, I need to do this. I love the interaction. Uh, I love the, the conversations, getting to know people learning just, I mean, I've got clients that do a little bit of everything. And so yeah. it's just like, it's almost like the, like Joe Rogan type thing where it's just like conversations you can with bring anyone, anyone and yeah. like, I just, I want to learn. Like, I don't, I'm just curious. Like I've always been a very naturally curious person. So it's like, if I think you have anything interesting to say or whatever, I don't care what you do. I'll have you come on the, the podcast type of thing once I get it up and running again. But, uh, I just feel like that's kind of a way that I can show that people are way similar than, than what people think they are. Like when you look on the You're internet, not that much different. Yeah, yeah. Like when you look on the internet, you look at Facebook, you look at Twitter, it seems like the country is so divided and the far and extreme on both sides. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. They are your average person. Isn't like, isn't like that. The, no. the conversations I have, I'll go from cutting someone that has done 15 years in jail to a lawyer, to a cop, to a eight year old kid. And it's like, I have to bounce around and have those conversations, but it's crazy how similar people are like, Oh yeah everyone goes through the same struggles like obviously some people have different struggles than others but it's like people deal with death people deal with depression people deal with all of that stuff and i think it's it's easy to see how extreme things are and think that people are so far apart but being able to do what i do and deal with the different like everything i deal with as far as like the the different, different people backgrounds, different professions different, yeah. different everything I get to see a different side that I don't think a lot of people get to see. And it's like, man, we are way more similar on most topics than people yeah. think we are. Um, and so I've noticed that working in customer service, talking to different people. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's kind of the concept I want to bring is just to show that like, hey, man, like most you have way more in common with most people than you actually think that you do because everything is so amplified that is negative. Negativity oh, yeah. Whether it's far right, far left, I don't care, whatever. It's so much negativity and it's so much just, it's 
it's crazy because it's a, it's a smaller it's a small group of people, but it doesn't seem like it is because they're yeah. so loud. Negativity on. gets highlighted. Yeah, and and it seems like clicks. Most of the people who are posting the most are the people with extreme views. You very rarely see someone that's like a moderate. Like, oh yeah, I, I can see both sides. Like you don't see those people posting no, because it's really. just like. It's not worth it. I don't post anything political, anything to do with anything like that. Opinionated. Yeah. I'm going to have those conversations in my barbershop. I'm going to have those convers Like, I don't shy away from those conversations. I shy away from them on the internet because everything can get taken out of context. Yep. You have no idea. Is this person being sarcastic? Are they being real? Who is this person? Like, you have no idea. And so it's just like, I've just kind of checked out. I, I do the, the barbershop stuff, the post the business stuff what i need to and i've kind of checked out on all of that it's just everything you see is so negative and it's like i would look at that stuff and then go deal with real people and it's like this isn't this isn't like this isn't real life like this isn't how people are in real life this isn't how people are in the barbershop every day and so it's kind of like it's cool to be able to get that perspective because a lot of people don't it's you're with the same coworkers every day you're with the same family members every day you're kind of insulated in this little bubble where for me it's like i never know who's going to walk through that door i never know what experience i'm going to have never know what kind of conversation i'm going to have what kind of connection i could make with someone Um, so that's the aspect i enjoy more about the the aspect of being a barber and that's kind of why i would like to shift the podcast and do that a little bit more is just because it kind of I can show my passion through that instead of like, like just like posting pictures of haircuts and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that's cool, but that's not my passion. My passion is like the connection with people and, and the the creativity that flows in those conversations and all that type of stuff. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to shift my focus more towards is kind of being able to um, have more of those conversations, I guess, and focus more on that type of stuff and get the podcast running and be able to kind of lean more into my passion side of it than necessarily just the going in and cutting hair type of thing. Well, and I mean, right now your business concept, you obviously have, you have, you had other people and have people cutting hair in your shop and you're trying to transition to just doing your own thing again so you can focus on these other passion projects. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big thing is I've been in the barber industry now through barber college and working in barber shops and everything for going on 10 years now. And it's just I don't think people necessarily understand what working in a barber shop is really like as far as you can work with your best friends in the entire world. And I have. And you hear the same stories over and over and over. Like, yeah, I do the same thing. Like I'm just as guilty of this as anyone. I'm hundred percent not trying to throw shade at anyone, anything like that. But it's like, you have something exciting going on in your life. You want to talk about it. You want to talk about it with your clients. Mm -hmm. You have 10 clients. I have a week of that. I'm standing four feet away from you hearing the same story 10 times. It, it can just get to the point that you're just like, okay, man, like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to hear this anymore. And then it's like, you can be in a conversation with someone and you're trying to take it to like a deeper level, but there's a ton of people in the barbershop and this person isn't going to be comfortable opening up in front of a bunch of people that yeah. they don't know. And so yeah. like, that makes sense. there's that aspect to it. And then just 
dealing with the the stress of the business and then my dad owned the building um he still does we're gonna sell it but um i mean i went from a 300 square foot shop on washington to a 3,000 square foot building that i had the barber shop in part in the beginning i had a salon and then that closed and then i was going to try to open a yoga studio and in the back i had my area where i do custom shoes and stuff and it was just there was so much, and I always had to be at the building doing something, whether it was something had gone wrong. They with might the as building. well have lived there like the first shop. <laughs> exactly. I literally thought about throwing a bed in the back, but it was yeah. just like, and then there's like constant upgrades, and you got to worry about outside. And there was an acre of land, so it's like, oh yeah, I didn't mowing even and snow removal. You got to figure all that stuff out, and then it's like because my dad owned the building, he had to do a bunch of stuff. So his weekends were taken up of him trying to do improvements on the building. And it was just like, a. I had been feeling it was coming for a while. Um, I just didn't want to kind of admit it. I think I was still kind of in the mindset of like, no, I, I'll push through this. I'll push through this. Yeah. And, power through it. I'll be fine. And it really started to amplify, um, actually on the five year anniversary of opening the shop. It was really weird because that's kind of like a milestone that people are like, man, when you hit five years, like that's like, you're good. Like you start turning a profit, you start doing this, all this type of stuff. And it's like, I hit my five year and I was sitting there and I was like, I remember I was cutting one of my friends and he was like, man, what do you like, where do you see the shop in five years? And I was like, do you want me to be a hundred percent honest? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I don't see myself doing this more than two. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was just like the the trying to expand and grow a brand and have people working for me and all of that stuff. I didn't see myself doing it for any more than two years. And so it was kind of like sitting there and it was like, okay, I've been doing this for five. I don't really want this. I've kind of already internally realized that this isn't the goal that I want. This isn't really what I wanted to pursue. Why am I still doing this? And it was kind of like, I had to kind of look inward and, really like assess like okay what do I want out of life and and what am I doing and I was like why do it for two more years why yeah why why build it why build it bigger why have more people working for me why do any of this if I already know that hey I'm done like at some point I'm walking away from this um and so yeah it was just essentially like I just got to the point where it all just kind of it clicked way down. It, the, yeah. There was just like, much, yeah. yeah, there was just like a moment where it was just like, uh, th- this needs to happen. And I made a phone call to a few people that I needed to talk to, to kind of like assess like, okay, like realistically, what does this look like? Like, and it was like, as soon as I had those conversations, it was like a giant weight was lifted off and it was just like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't what I want. I realized I was chasing this goal of entrepreneurship and that's not, what I want I want the the freedom to be able to do what I want to do and I there's a lot of things that I like to do whether it's haircutting custom shoes woodworking all that type of stuff just traveling again and it was like I was working so hard on the barbershop trying to get the yoga studio going and all of this stuff and it was like I haven't been enjoying life for like two years and it's just like I finally was like yeah I I can admit that I don't want to do this forever so why why not just stop now? And it was like, I I was like, I had people messaging me and stuff and they were like, Oh man, like, I'm so sorry. And blah, blah, blah. And it was like, no guys, this is, this is 100%. Like 
not fa- it's not a failure yeah this is 100 percent a positive thing like yeah this isn't like a financial oh my god i don't know what to do we need yeah. to bail i have to close no this is a i've sat down and evaluated it and i'm like yo straight up this isn't what i want and i want to walk away and yeah i know that probably sounds crazy to some people as far as like man i've spent five years of my life doing this it's a success like i could have expanded more i could have and it was just like i'm this isn't what i want and it was it was a difficult decision to make but once i made the decision it was easy if that makes sense like it was it was difficult to finally admit it and be like yeah okay but once i did it was like i remember a couple people being like hey man like just don't do anything rash and i was like you're right like i'm gonna take the weekend and it was like i sat there and i was thinking is there anything that could change my mind and i'm like yeah i've got i think at the time i had like two open chairs and then i hadn't hired anyone at the yoga studio or anything yet and i was like say tomorrow four yoga instructors call me and two barbers call me and are like hey i want to come work for you i'd still walk away <laughs> like it was yeah, just like still not yeah i don't want that stress i don't want to deal with it i don't want i don't want to be responsible for other people and yeah their livelihood their success and, and their yeah, livelihood yeah. and it was just like every decision i make i have to think about like okay well this person and then this person's going to be affected by this and it's like i just want to get back to my decisions only affect me and like obviously like the people around me my family and stuff like that my yeah. girlfriend but like i just i'm i'm tired of being it where it's like if i decide i want to make a change it affects so many people type of thing i just want to get back to where it's just like i make decisions that affect me and and that's it and mm. like i said it is 100% a positive thing yeah. like anyone I, like i i get it it's yeah, just like, like it's it's not a sad thing it's not something that like like I said, I'm not forced to do this. If I decided tomorrow I didn't want to do it, I, I could reverse course. But, I I mean, that's not going to happen. That's like not going to happen. I am 100%. Your mind is made up. Yeah, 100%. Like, I don't necessarily ever see myself getting involved in another, like, business ever again. Just the stress behind it is just – I don't think people understand the back end of what it means to own a business. And yeah, it's a lot just all the expense the stuff you don't even think about like the internet and i mean internet is insane it was like 175 dollars a month for business internet and it's like dude i stream spotify like i don't i'm not someone that makes money well you have the pos but that's yeah but it's like i could see it if i made money off of wi-fi like coffee shops stuff like that it's like yeah they they're like people are coming in buying stuff making revenue off of that but it's like yo like pull the web history man we've listened to thousands of hours of spotify and ran credit card transactions and i've been paying 175 dollars for it and it's just like that's the type of stuff that i'm just like i'm so glad to not have to deal with that and just be able to walk away and um i'm not going to announce where yet um making sure all the details are kind of finalized but i do have a new spot that i'm i'm pretty confident is going to become the new spot um and it's the type of it's still going to be it's a private suite, so it's still culture shock. It's still me cutting hair. It's still like it's not like I'm going back to work at a barbershop, anything like that. It's me in a room designed how exactly how I want it type of thing, but I'm in a building with a bunch of other people type of thing. Um, so it's kind of like a co-work space, but we all have our own private It's kind of like a business condo. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's a flat fee. I don't have to worry about anything. 
we no longer own the building or are responsible for anything. And so it's just, it's so much stress just off my back. Yeah, you get you going to worry and about do what and, you need to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually for the first time like excited about like, okay, what am I doing? Like, what is, what's next? And it's, I for a long time was just kind of like, I know what's next and it, it's me walking away. Yeah. But when and what are the reasons why and like, why do I want to walk away? And is this just a funk or is this just something I'm going through right now? And it was like, I've honestly been thinking about it for probably seven, eight months and then three months really heavily considering it. And then, like I said, just some circumstances popped up and it was just kind of like a, yeah, man, this is, it's time. I'm done. I'm not dealing with this anymore and I'm going to walk away. And it's, it's something that, like I said, it's a hundred percent a positive thing and I'm super excited about it. And hopefully I get to in the next couple of weeks announce where I'm going to be going. And, um, I'm excited to get that going and just be back by myself. Yeah. And yeah, mentally it was probably just draining because you having that in the back of your mind for that much time for, like you said, seven to eight months, you kind of had in the back of your mind and you're just like, probably made going in and doing what you need to do that much harder. Oh, for sure. And then also like you throw in the aspect of being bipolar and it's like, I've figured out and I know how to essentially put on a show if I need to, as far as like, if I wake up and I'm having an awful day, I know how to get myself through it for my clients Yeah, because it's like, I, I don't expect them to come in and deal with my issues while they're paying me for a haircut. So it's like, like, I don't it, want to talk to them. I'm just cutting yeah, your hair. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but like I've, I've learned how to just push through on those days. But it's like, the problem is, is that it's so much energy for me to do that, that I don't have the energy to deal with other people around me that aren't my clients. And so yeah. when I've been doing that for the last 10 years, it's like, I finally realized that like, I've been trying to figure out like, what are my triggers? What's pushing my mental health? Like, what is it that is, what can I take out of my life that could help my mental health? And it was like sitting there and it's like, that was one of the major things was just, I don't have to put on as much of a show. I don't have to try to not only interact with just my clients. And it's like, I mean, some days I'm doing seven haircuts, some days I'm doing 14 haircuts. And so it's like you wake up and you're having a bad day and you look and you're like, man, I've got 14 people with 20 to 30 minute haircut conversation with each person who knows who I'm going to be dealing with, the kind of conversations we're going to have. And so it's like, I've learned how to push through that and focus on that, but I don't have the energy or ability to do anything else. And so it's like back end business stuff, or I need to go get supplies or I need to do this. And it's just like, dude, everything I have is going into physically being here right now. Like the fact that I'm here right now is yeah. It took so much to it is a giant achievement. And and I've realized that it's just it it wasn't necessarily fair to the people that worked with me for the last ten years that they had to kind of get that short end of like, hey man, you're just like unfortunately someone has to deal with the side effects of this and I can't be the people that are my clients because they're not going to come back. So yeah, yeah. I, I control it the best I can. And I do the best that I can type of thing. But it's like, I also know that it's like, yo, it's probably not the easiest thing to be around me. And that's why I think it's another good idea just to kind of be self-aware, realize that and be like, yo, I should just 
go back to cutting hair by myself and no one has to deal with that anymore. You know, it's just like a lot of it is just like you sit down and you just start to think about things from a logical perspective. And it was just like, wow, that makes so much more sense. Like my expenses are going down. My responsibilities are going down. Everything is like getting easier in my life. And it was just like, do you find that I know with my like anxiety and just like OCD when I'm more stressed out, spikes oh for sure does that happen with bipolar for sure um and the big thing for me too is like i've been relying a lot on like yoga and meditation yeah um but i found that when i'm super stressed and i'm super busy it takes so much energy for me just to get through the day that i don't have the energy to do yoga and meditate and it's like that yeah it just it's a vicious cycle it makes it worse and so it's like what do you do just veg out it's not even that I just veg out. It's just like I, I force myself to be productive. Like it's yeah. very, very rare that I'm actually. I've always been a very productive. Even like when I'm in my depressive funks, I'm still productive. I have this like inner monologue with myself that like if I'm sitting there and I'm not doing something, and there's something I need to be doing, it's like it's hard for me to be able to focus on what I'm doing. And so I know what you're saying, yeah. I've always been able to be like a very like productive person type of thing. So it doesn't necessarily affect me in that way. It's just, I have to put all my energy into doing the daily tasks that I have to do. And I'm able to force myself to do those. Yeah. But it's just like the thought of like, man, should I wake up at six 30 and then do some yoga before work and meditate? It'll put me in a better mood and I'll have a better day. But I could also sleep till 7.15. Yeah. And then I'm not, I don't have to put in the energy of doing yoga. And because it just seems like so, and it, when you do it. And you know it's good for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. And then when you do it, you're like, oh, man, I'm so glad I did yeah. that. And so for me, it's a lot of just, I do really well when I get into a routine. But it's easy for me to fall out of a routine. Um, so like I have a very um, obsessive personality. Um, I don't really like I I try to not use the word addictive personality. I don't really like that term. So I would say I have an obsessive personality. And so I get into things very quickly, but I can fall out of things Mm. very easily too. So it's like, there's like that saying, like it takes 21 days to make a habit. That's not true of me. It takes like (laughs) four days for me to make a habit. And if I'm consistently doing it, I'm good. Like last year, I think I went like seven months with every day meditating and pretty much every day doing yoga. I'm sure I missed a day here or there type of thing. You had that discipline. But it was like, I got sick. I think I got like kidney stones or something like that. And it was like, I took four days off. And those four days off was just enough to get me out of that routine. And it was like, I didn't do it for three months. And then I get into a routine. And so for me, it's just trying to figure out that way to stay disciplined in your routine and forcing myself to do the things that I know are going to benefit me even when I don't want to do them because that's, yeah. that's when you need to do them the most. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. It's it's such a difficult thing because it's like you're sitting there and you're like, dude, get off the couch or stop get doing bed, what you're doing. Whatever. Stop like distracting yourself by doing something that you shouldn't even really be doing right now and go do yoga. And you're just like, nah. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. Dude, you'd feel so much better if you do it. Like, and then it's almost like and then you, you then start you kick to your like, own ass yeah, later, and, and they're like, like, "I didn't do that." Yeah, and then you beat yourself up, and you make yourself feel horrible about it. And so it's like, 
for me, that's a huge thing is working on like that self-talk and the like, it's like typically if I do yoga, I like to do 45 minutes to an hour kind of minimum. That's a long and time. So that's why there's days that I'm just like, man, like a 45 minute session just sounds like. Sounds like three hours. Yeah. And so I've learned to kind of just like sometimes doing something is better than doing nothing. And so it's like if 45 minutes just seems absolutely overwhelming. Do 15. Do 20, yeah, yeah. Do, even if it's just stretching, just do something in the realm of what you want to do. And at least you did something. It's better than just being like, nah, man, I'm just not going to do anything. And it's like, I fully believe there are times that you have to push yourself. Like there's times oh, yeah. that you have to like suck it up and just do it. But there's also times that I get it. Like there's times that it's like, Hey man, like it doesn't matter how hard I try. I'm not going to be able to force myself to do 45 minutes today. Yeah. Let me push myself to do 15. And it's like, I still like to push myself in that sense where it's like, if you're like, okay, I'm going to do 15. I try to do 20, that type of, you know what I mean? Like I try to push it a little bit just yeah. because it's like, I do think there is something to pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And, and Oh, oh, absolutely. The more times you say no and the more times you don't do something, the harder it is to say yes to it. And so that's kind of why I, and it's obviously it's super hypocritical because I mean, I'll go six months without doing stuff, but it's like, I know this stuff. Yeah. I know this to be true. I know I need to do this stuff, but every once in a while you just kind of fall out of it. But, uh, so that's something that's huge for me right now is just trying to figure out how to stay in that routine. If something happens and I can't do something for a few days, how do I stay in that routine and how do I make sure that I don't replace it with something else? Cause it's not like I just like drop it and it's like, Oh, I got free time now. No, that time is now taken up with something. I, whatever it might be, I start obsessing about the next thing. And then I do don't do that for three or four days. And it's just like, it's a cycle that it's just been like this my whole life type of thing, but I'm starting to get a little bit more control over it. But yeah, just trying to figure that out of doing the things, you know, are going to help you even on the days you don't want to do them because that's the days you need to do it the most. Oh yeah. That happens to me all the time. I, uh, one thing I've, implemented that I'm just like since I work from home and there's days where I don't go outside all day I'm just like you need to go outside just go for a walk around the neighborhood like even if it's kind of cold now that it's getting nicer it's less of it I have less excuses yep and just go for a walk and even that makes me feel like five times better at least that's a huge thing for me like in the spring and summer and fall I go hiking all the time. I'm walking. I yeah. take my dogs outside, but you will never meet someone who hates cold weather more than I do. And so it's like in the winter, it's like, I know it's like, man, you need to go on a walk. You need to do this. You need yeah. to go hike. But it's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I step outside and it's like, nah, I'm not, no, we're not going to do this yeah, today. I'm, I'm good. And so that's a huge thing for me is it just, and one thing I'm actually, I've been just listening to a bunch of podcasts recently, like on mental health while I'm doing stuff. And, um, I've been looking a lot into like the cold shower, cold plunge type of thing. I just and, bought one yesterday. I just um, bought a, I bought the like the cheaper version, the one that like inflates or whatever. Yeah, no, I'm for sure. I'm gonna if I'm gonna the do new one, recover one. Yeah, but yeah, uh, like it's like because I've done it a couple times and it's pretty. Yeah, and all I've like everything I've done, all the podcasts I've listened to, everything I've everybody's read. everybody's all about it. Everyone is all about it. Every doctor is about it. Like there is no one who has shown anything negative about it. Exactly. Other than if you go 
like too, too too cold, too long type of thing. But the problem is, is that like I absolutely hate cold water. Like, oh, it's brutal. Most people's pools during the summer, I'm just like, I don't even want to go in there. Like, it's, yeah. but I know the benefits. And so it's just one of oh, those the things benefits where it's incredible. like, and that's a huge thing for me now too, is I'm going to try to start doing it in the mornings. And it's just like essentially starting your day off with something you don't want to do, but you force yourself to do it as weird as it sounds can kind of start your day off exactly right. Where it's like, man, I don't want to do this. Like I do not like the thought of tomorrow morning being like, okay, I'm going to get up for the day. Let me turn the shower ice cold and step into it like that. There is no part of me that wants to do that. But I understand that I probably should. And it's something I need to start doing, but it's just like, man, like, I'm the type that it's like if I'm taking a shower too long and the hot water starts to go out and I start to feel anything cold, it's like, yep, nope, shower's yeah, over, I'm out. We're done. It. Yeah. So it's like that, but that's a huge thing that I'm going to try to start forcing myself to do. And like I said, I think it is important to kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone, especially when it's something that there is so many, so much research that shows it improves mental health, that improves physical, mental, yeah, so yeah. many things, so many benefits that it's like, okay suck it up let's do this but yeah man i'm not looking forward to it oh I keep, no i keep being like okay tomorrow's the day i'm gonna start tomorrow's right. the day i'm gonna yeah. start and yep. i still haven't started it yet but it is something that i'm gonna be doing super soon because like i said i just everything i listen to they bring it up and it's just nothing but positive yeah it's funny i was gonna bring that up because i i just like literally ordered one of the because i i've tried to do the 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 full submersion but my i'm too tall for my tub yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, was I, like, I wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do it in my tub either i would have to get something so i got um although like the really cool ones are super expensive yeah, no, and I, like i was I, like i'm not gonna spend two grand yeah, i looked one up and i was like i can't um, i can't, can't spend ju- that much can't money justify on this expense well, especially especially something that i'm not gonna enjoy like it's yeah. like if i'm dropping two grand on something i better this better be something i enjoy not like a Man, I don't want to do this. This is going to be miserable, but I'll spend two grand on it. Yeah, I spent 70 bucks on this thing because there was added discount code. <laughs> I'm going to go get one of those like cow trough things and just put it outside and we'll, yeah, we'll rock that. This I've winter, been looking for year. one of those too. Like they're harder to find because everybody's jumping in on this yeah. and like trying to do it. And uh, yeah, it's definitely the new hot thing. But there's a reason for it. Yeah, it's, and I'm glad that the new hot thing has something to do with mental health. Yeah, like, it's beneficial. So many people hate on this stuff Like when they're like, oh, everyone's jumping on board with it. And it's like, at least it's something some, positive. Yeah, like, at least, at least we're something. hopping on board with something that's beneficial for once. And it's not something that's yeah. like the typical stupid stuff that people typically hop on type of thing. It's not. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a positive thing. And yeah, I wanted to segue into that, um, the perspective and talking about what we talked about the other day and like the focusing too much on the negative aspects of mental health or your mental illness and trying to focus more on um, any positives or not, or just focusing less on the negatives, not necessarily finding positives because sometimes there aren't, you know, but focusing on the negatives will leave you stuck. Yeah. And like I said, I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts recently and finding specific people to listen to mm-hmm. um one dude i've started listening to a lot is uh andrew huberman um, i've heard that name before he's been on rogan a couple times that's where i heard about him the first time but he has a podcast that's called huberman lab that he brings a bunch of doctors on he's not a practicing doctor but he is like a, a research doctor he has a doctorate um, yeah yeah for and he like studies the brain and and all that type of stuff but um it's something i've 
I had personally been kind of like internally thinking for a while, but um, I heard him kind of mention it on one of his podcasts where he was talking about how, like, obviously there are so many negative things with mental health. Like as someone who has bipolar and I struggle with it every day, trust me, like there is a lot of negative aspects of it. But I just feel like, and and every case is different. Like some people that have absolutely severe, like I'm, I guess, lucky in the sense of mine's I'm bipolar too, and mine's fairly manageable. Like mm-hmm. I, I struggle a lot, but I've I've learned how to kind of manage it. People who have extreme cases, this obviously probably doesn't apply to them. But for me, it's just kind of like I've I've for so long kind of looked at mental health through only a negative lens, and it was yeah. like almost like wrapped up in the identity of like, yo, I'm bipolar and this is this awful. is a part of like, my personality. Yeah. And it's like, man, this is awful. Like when I would post, it was only about like the struggles and like, yo, do you know what this is like? And this is what I go through. And when you focus on that, I feel like it, it, it amplifies that. And I feel like the more I think about the bipolar disorder and the, the mood swings and the depression, and I feel like that's when I struggle with it the most. And so for me, it was kind of like, taking a step back and being like okay like this is definitely got its negatives like i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh yeah, yeah this is awesome it sucks but i'm a super creative person i don't think i would have the creativity i have if it wasn't for my bipolar most of my ideas come when i'm in a certain state of mind like depressive I, state usually or, it's, or it comes either or it's yeah so it's weird i kind of have a few different states that I kind of like go in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I have just obviously the normal, like today I'm, I just feel like a normal person. Pretty chill. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Nothing. I'm not dealing with anything today. No anxiety, anything like that. But then I've got my depressive funks, um, which they get pretty bad. Um, but then I've got obviously my manic days. Um, and then I deal with a lot of actually mixed um, which they're, they're probably the most dangerous phase for me when I'm in my mixed as far as I have depressive thoughts but manic energy, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so it's like I'm up and I'm moving and I'm doing stuff and you would think that I'm in a manic episode and that I'm happy and everything's cool, but on the inside I'm having depressive thoughts and yeah. I'm having all that stuff. And it's like kind of like on autopilot a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit on autopilot, but it's also like I'm less aware of what's happening. And a lot of the times when I'm in my like, I forget what my therapist called it. I, I'll just call it a dual stage or whatever. Yeah. But um, there's probably a medical term. I'm sure that there yeah. is. They're yeah. so confusing to me. Yeah. But uh, it's like a it's almost like a disassociation. Okay. Um, and. It's it's not a disassociation in the sense of like I get these two there's like a disassociation and there's a there's a different term for it and I'm not exactly sure which one it is it's always kind of confused me but it's an, I don't feel like I'm outside of my body or anything like that it's not the like oh I'm looking down on myself yeah, it, yeah. it's more of just like a questioning like is this like what's real like is this like and it's almost like you look at the world through a, just a straight black and white lens and you just see like how dumb some things are and it just makes it really difficult because it's just like you'll be having a conversation with someone and like in your mind it's such a logical like how 
this is so simple. How can you not think this? Like, and I'm just like in this state where I can't really take into account what that person is feeling or thinking. Normally I'm super in tune to that. And normally I'm a very self-aware person, but it's like when I get into these funks, it's the only time that I'm really, I'm self-aware in the fact that I know I'm in them, but I don't really know how to control them that well. And so those are the ones that I kind of have to be. the scariest ones, yeah. Yeah, those are the ones I have to be the most careful of. And then in, in like my manic episodes, I've learned how to kind of manage them in the sense that I won't like I won't let myself make a big decision if I'm in a manic phase. Um, I've been able to through therapy. My therapist has kind of learned how or taught me how to um, identify where I'm at. I'm usually pretty good at identifying where I'm at, mm-hmm. other than a lot of times in the mixed episodes. Um, so I've just learned like when I'm in a manic episode, I'll wake up and it's like, yo, I want to do an event and I want to make it the biggest event that's ever been done. And I want to yeah. do this and this. And in the past, I'm I've, top of the world. Well, And then in the past, it's like the day I have the idea, I'm texting people and I'm throwing it out and I'm doing all this stuff. And then it's like you wake up two days later and you're like, oh, my God, what did I do? I have, I'm depressed now. I don't even want to get out of bed. and I'm supposed to do this event. Yeah. And so it's like for me, notes are huge. I write it down. I write down all my ideas. There's so many like my notes on my iPhone. It's just random words yeah. that would make no sense to anyone, but I see it and it triggers the idea back. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, yeah, there's negatives to my bipolar, but there's also positives. And I've just had to kind of learn how to identify those positives and also not let my bipolar disorder identify me as a person. Yeah. Um, I have bipolar, but that's not, that doesn't make me who I am. And I feel like, mental health it's very easy to get attached to that stigma of like oh that's that dude he's bipolar or oh that's that person they're schizophrenic or whatever it is and it's like no that's a person like when you see someone like that's dealing with a physical ailment you don't point out like oh that's that you know what i mean like and so it's just like i feel like there's this weird thing with mental health that it's a hundred percent a negative stigma attached to mental health. And I get it. I understand it. I struggle. Like I'm not trying to sit here. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. I'm not trying to sit here and sugarcoat it and be like, Oh, this is great. You have, but I do think that there are some hidden positives, I guess it's, and it's just like, to me, it's like, you know, I, I have this, there's there's nothing I can do. I I can't wake up tomorrow and not be bipolar. I, I'm not saying to not do everything you can to manage it by no means am i saying like yo there's positives to it stop taking meds stop doing everything just live life no that's definitely not what i'm saying do everything go to therapy if you need to be on medicine take medicine if you can do a more natural approach with holistic stuff and, and that type of stuff do that do whatever works for you but like it's yeah i don't know to me it's just like there's such a negative stigma that it's just like you have to figure it out what works for you and you have to figure that out. But it's like figure out what positives are there. Sometimes there's not like, let's be honest, like people with like extreme bipolar disorder, probably difficult for them to find a, a, a positive in it. But it's like, man, you look at some of the most creative people that have ever lived, like poets and actors and all of this stuff. And, there is a crazy link to not just bipolar, but mental health in general. Um, I've noticed that with my depression, my OCD, there's, I haven't been able to find any positives because it's just like the, the way I have OCD. It's like 
what's called pure OCD, where I have a lot of intrusive thoughts, stuff like I don't want to think about at yep. all. So I don't really see much positive to that. But I also don't like dwell on it like, oh, this is this is part of me. This is this sucks. And like, yeah, because that oh, just makes sure. it worse. And like, trust me, I deal with that stuff, too. Like there's there's times that I've dealt with suicidal thoughts. And, oh, yeah. And all of that type of stuff. And once again, that is 100 percent a negative thing. However, when you highlight it, when you highlight it, it makes it worse. Yeah. But I also believe that the fact that I've battled through those thoughts and the fact that I have the support system that I have and the fact that I'm here has kind of made me realize that, like, I can push through almost anything. Yeah. It makes and so stronger. it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it sucks. Like 100 percent. I'm not at all trying to say yeah, that, like, exactly. the intrusive thoughts, the suicidal thoughts, all of that stuff, that sucks 100 percent. But. You also have to look at it from the standpoint of like, you're still here. You push through what a lot of people haven't been able to push through and what a lot of people will never be able to understand. Because if you've never had suicidal thoughts, you can try to understand as much as you can. And you should. You should try to understand as much as you possibly can. But if you've never been there and you've never had those thoughts, there's just, there's no possible way you can understand it. To be at the point that you're just like, I don't yeah. want to be here anymore. Yeah. It's not something you can understand unless you've been there. And so it's like, yeah, it is 100% a negative thing. However, I almost look at it from the, some of the mentally strongest people I know are the people who deal with mental disorders because we oh, have yeah. to be able to push through it. And so it's like, yeah, there's so many negative things that sucks, but you also have the power that you've pushed through it. You've gotten the help you need and use that ability that you have to push through that and to kind of deal with that in other aspects of your life and use that to kind of help you push through things, whether that's um, like when you're working out and it's like, man, I don't want to do another rep. I'm done. Use that ability that you have. That's like, yo, like what about when you were at the time that you didn't want to live anymore and you picked yourself up and you were like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And so it's like, that's the type of thing where it's, we've always been told negatives with that. And it is. It's 100% negative. But you can try to find a silver lining of, I was able to fight through this and let me bring this aspect to something else in my life. Let me push myself in some other way to better myself in some sort of of type of way, I guess, type of thing. But um, that's just kind of my huge thing is just flipping it. Because pretty much everyone who deals with mental illness, you deal with negative self-thought. So to just to sit there and always tell yourself negative things and be like, this sucks. This sucks. I wish I wasn't like this. Affirmations are actually something that I've heard from a lot of different people, like positive affirmations. Like it sounds corny. Oh, for sure. It's like, I have some written right there. Like I don't read them nearly enough, but but my therapist or I think my my therapist or my psychiatrist was like, write these down, like read them out loud and like to yourself, like as corny as they sound. Well, and that's, um, I forget. Man, I wish I could remember. I, th- I believe his name was Peter. There was a recent episode on Joe Rogan I was listening to, and he was talking about how he struggled with um, a lot of negative self-thoughts and self-sabotaging thoughts and stuff. And uh, what his therapist did, I thought that this was actually a pretty smart thing to do. What his therapist did was when he was having those thoughts, to say them out loud and to send them to your to the therapist. And then 
you go back and you listen to it and you realize like how ridiculous it is. Mm -hmm. And like, you think about it from a perspective of like, would you say this to someone else? Yeah. What would you say if someone said this to you? And it's like, when you put it in that perspective, whether it's writing it down or doing a voice recording of it and you go back and you read it, you're like, wow, that was really stupid thing to say. And I wouldn't ever say that to someone else. Why would I say it to myself? And so the way you treat yourself. And, and that's why for me, it's like, I'm a big believer in what you tell yourself is what you believe, like we were just talking about. And so that's why for me, it's like, like when I talk about how like I had an obsessive personality and stuff, like Mm -hmm. alcohol was a problem for me. What I, was I an alcoholic? I don't know. I don't really know the definition of that. Like you can, who knows, according to some people, probably according to others, probably not. It's irrelevant. It was an issue. Yeah. To me, it's irrelevant, but it's like, when I decided to quit, people were like, like, did you go to meetings? Did you do this? And for me personally, and I've, I fully understand I'm not at all trying to discredit anything whatsoever. I understand some people need it and it works and I'm all for it, but I never needed to go to any of like the AA or anything like that. And yeah. the only thing I don't, the only aspect I don't like about the AA and in any recovery program is the 30 years down the line, standing up saying, hi, I'm an alcoholic. I, I think continuing to tell yourself you're an alcoholic every day of your life for the next 30 years. Yeah. You're going to identify as an alcoholic. I've heard that opinion. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I get it. But to me, it's like, you put so much pressure on yourself. Like I have an idea of when I, I quit drinking just cause I, I, the last time I drank was on my 30th birthday. So I know like it was my 30th birthday could not even begin to tell you the amount of days, anything like that. Yeah. I actually wish I didn't know. I don't like to know how, how long I have because I feel like people put so much pressure, pressure on, on themselves. On the time. Well, and it's like, yeah. to me, it's just, it's absolutely insane that it's like, you see these people that, and like I said, I'm not trying to throw shade. It's just, I'm using this as an example, but it's like, you see someone that they have a 10 year sobriety chip. Mm-hmm. They have one night and they're like, here you go. I'm back at day one. And it's like, I don't believe that. Like you had one bad night. Cool. You had 10 years of good nights. Why are you restarting completely? And I feel like that's why a lot of people end up relapsing is because they put so much pressure on not. And it's like, man, if I, you have to have the right perspective. If I realize, if I relapse, my life is over. Like I've had glasses of wine. One of my buddies, um, had a, his own line of whiskey come out. I had a glass with him, of course. Like it's like, yeah, man, my friend came out with want or with yeah, whiskey. You get wasted. Yeah, I'm gonna sit there and have <laughs> a glass with him. Like yeah. I don't identify I never identified as an alcoholic and I don't really like to identify as like I say I don't drink. I don't like to consider myself sober because I'm not gonna say I'm not ever gonna have a drink again in my life type of thing. It's just like for me it was so an issue. Like I'm not a drinker. Yeah, and I just I don't en- I don't miss it. I don't enjoy it. Like sometimes there's like a glass of whiskey with a scar or something sound nice. Yeah, I'm sure I'll do that in the future again. I'll have a glass of wine with dinner or something every yeah. now and then. But I don't miss the the out drinking vodka straight days like of my past like I used to do type yeah. of thing and for me it's well, you used it as a as a coping me- mechanism. Oh, for, for sure. sure, it was it was a huge, huge coping mechanism for me. That was well. That's the thing a lot of people don't understand about whether it's 
whether you call it alcoholism, whether you call it like just a substance abuse or whatever, yeah, is you're not these people aren't doing it just because like there's an underlying issue, there's yeah, and, something going on, and for me, like it's their solution to their problem. Oh, for sure. And like mine started like in high school, I went to. And this is why I would never recommend, like, if you are seeking help for mental health, please don't ever go see just a normal physician. They are not trained in mental health. They're no. just going to throw some generic pills at you, and they're going to send you out the door. That's yeah. what happened when I first went. I was in high school, and I went to a doctor, and he instantly hit me with ADHD. Yeah, because yeah, that's all he knew what to that's do. That's a symptom of bipolar. Most people who are bipolar have ADHD, so they threw me on bipolar, or they threw me on... I don't remember if it was Ritalin, Adderall, whatever it was. And it just, it didn't fix the main issues. And so I stopped taking it. And then probably about a year later, I went to a different doctor and it was like, oh, you're depressed. Here you go. Another another physician. Yeah. Just another, just just normal, yeah, yeah, just normal doctor. And it was like, come to find out one of the worst things you can do for people who are bipolar is to give them antidepressants, just antidepressants. You're not, that's not something that they do. They don't prescribe that. And so it's like, yo, dude, you just gave someone who's bipolar one of the worst things you could give them. So it didn't make anything better, made everything worse. And so I was just kind of like at that point, like, man, I'm done. I'm done with doctors. They don't know what they're talking about. I knew that there was something wrong, but it was just kind of like, okay, we're just going to, we're just going to do this. And Drinking was my escape for sure. Um, and drinking is kind of what made me end up having to get help. Um, I had a, there was a time in 2012 that I, I don't remember most of the night, but I remember I drank a lot of alcohol and I was at 11th street and I was leaving and I was going to drive. I had my keys in my hand and thankfully, uh, one of my best friends, Reed followed me out. But I was stumbling. I don't remember going to my car. But I was in the parking lot, that gravel parking lot down by the bridge. And mm-hmm. I passed out face first right before I got to my car. And so it was like Reed was there, called my mom. My mom's a nurse. And so my mom and my dad were like, what's going on? And I was throwing up. So they're like, essentially, there's nothing a hospital can do. Like if you go to the hospital, they're going to pump your stomach. So you start throwing up. I was already throwing up. So there was nothing they could really do. So they Reed was like, do you want me to take him to the hospital or do you want to come get him? So my parents had to come down and get me. I was literally laying covered in throw up in a parking lot in the village. And so they took me home. I don't remember any of it, but I remember waking up in the morning and I was in the clothes I was wearing the night before. They put me on the living room floor, had a pillow and a blanket. And I just like looked over and I saw my mom and I was just like, I messed up this time. Like, this is not good. Yeah. And like <laughs> the look she gave me yeah. and she just like handed me a note and I was just like, Oh man. And I was supposed to work that day. And I was just like, I don't want to be here. This is, I, this is it. Like, I don't want to be here. And so I drove to work, which I don't, that was probably not a good idea, but I remember I yeah. walked in and I sat down and my boss was like, dude, I can smell you from, 20 feet away go home yeah and I was like, i'm not i was the same with my parents at the time i was like yeah no i'm not going there so i like went to a friend's apartment or something but yeah. i remember i opened the letter and it was just like a letter that my mom had written me while she was watching me because she was worried i was going to throw up and choke on it and it was like essentially a letter that was like if you don't go get help i can't continue to do this um yeah. and so it was like that was the moment for me where it was like, 
okay, I have to get help. And so my mom got me in at Genesis Psychology Associates. This was back in probably 2012. And it was like, sat down with this dude and like 15 minutes into the conversation, he's like, dude, you're bipolar. Mm, and it was yeah. like, oh, mm. and unfortunately, I wish that was my wake up call from alcohol, but it wasn't. I think I was sober for like six months. And then you go back to, yeah. I'm 23, I'm partying type of thing. Yeah, you're like, um, I'm, yeah, I'm in my 20s. I'm on, yeah, it's like, and I'm on medicine. I go to therapy now. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. But it was like, that was, I had to hit a really, really low point to be able to kind of be forced to go. And I'm glad I did. But like my number one recommendation to people is like, do not see go a to a family spe- doctor, see a, specialist. see a specialist, whether it's online, whatever, like it's no, it's, and it's not like, I'm not trying to throw disrespect to those doctors because like, you're still no. a doctor, but you're just not, you're not, it's like, for me, I don't do women's hair. I do hair. But I don't know how to do cut. I don't know how to do colors and stuff like that. I stay yeah. in my lane. Come to me. You want yeah. a fade? Cool. Come to me and you want your hair color? That's not going to go well. Yeah. So it's like, to me, it's like, yo, go to a specialist. Go to someone who actually understands and isn't going to pick out the first symptom and be like, oh, here's an antidepressant. It's like, that was, if I would have gotten the help I needed when I was younger, I wouldn't have, I don't feel like I would have struggled as much as I did. But then looking back, I also, I'm happy with where I'm at in life. And so it's kind of like, yeah, you can't, I don't, and I don't know if I would want to change anything just because, like I said, I'm cool with where I'm at. Like, I I love my life now and I I wouldn't change anything. Like, obviously, it's like, it sucks I had to go through that stuff, but that's kind of, my path in life i usually learn lessons the hard way it's like, oh yeah i have everyone telling me like this is a bad idea this is a bad idea and i'm like no trust me i got it i got it i got it and it was a bad idea yeah and so for me it, yeah it's just kind of like the more i've matured the more i've gotten older i've been able to kind of start to listen to the people around me and not necessarily learn everything the hard way and um but yeah for me giving up alcohol was one of the biggest things for me that was one of the the biggest negatives of my mental health because it's like you would because i didn't just drink i had drank drank yeah it was like uh it would turn into like a six seven days a week like just sitting there watching tv and um i have whiskey in my pop and it's like dude it's five o'clock on a tuesday what are you doing and it was just like that was normal to me like yeah i'm high functioning on substances i think that's part of the problem it's like yeah i don't People can't tell. People couldn't tell that I was drunk until I was at the point that I was like blacking out. Yeah, and I, I could. Yeah, I can be pretty drunk, and no one would have any idea. And so it's like, yeah, being high functioning on substances is also a problem when you have an obsessive personality because mm-hmm. it's like, I could drink all day. I'd be like sitting there just like pouring a little bit in, riding a buzz all day. You get off work, and then it's like, okay, now it's time to drink. And I could handle it and it wasn't weird to me. And I'm able to convince myself of like weird things that it's like, man, as long as you're not drunk, like it's, it's fine. Just pour a little bit. Like you're you're just driving, you're just driving down the road. It's fine. Just put it in a different container. And it's not like, there's just things that like you look back and you're just like, how did I convince myself that that was a good idea? And that was okay. Like I remember going to Iowa city to tailgate and being like, well, I mean, everyone's going to be drinking already up there because I'm running late. I might as well grab a six-pack, and, like, I'm not going to get drunk off of a six-pack. So, like, why not drink some on the – and it's like you get out of the car, and you're just, like, looking back, and you're like, 
like, look, I'm like, I was such an idiot. Like, what were you doing? Why? But at the time, that just seemed so normal to me. It did not. And that was part of the issue. It's like the fact that that's not wasn't weird to me and that was normal to me is that's definitely a problem yeah. because that's not normal and that's not something you should be doing. But it's like, yeah, that was just normal for me. It never phased me. I would just didn't matter if I was by myself with people. There was probably alcohol in my cup. And it yeah. was just like, but I would also go six, seven months without drinking. I've always had that ability. It wasn't like I've consistently for 15 years been like a heavy drinker. It's like I would go six months where I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm just not going to drink and I'm cool. But then I would drink and it would kind of all cycle itself. Once again, it comes back to the obsessive personality and the fact that I'm able to pick up and drop habits pretty quickly. Yeah. So it's like if I decide I want to stop doing something, pretty easy for me to just stop which is i know a lot of people struggle with that and that's why yeah. a lot of people need aa and they need that support system which cool if that's what you need 100 percent, go do it that's not what i need if i decide yeah. i'm done i just okay cool i'm not yeah. gonna drink and i haven't but it's that's the scary thing is that it's like okay i could easily pick it back up like if i drank for three days in a row it's probably going to go on for a little bit. And so that's yeah. what I have to be careful of is like, say I do decide to drink sometime, make sure it's a one night thing. Make sure like, Hey, if you have a drink on a Friday night, don't do it for a while. Like have that be a one off because I know if it's like, well, I had a few Friday night and I was able to only have three. So I didn't get drunk. So that's fine. I can have a couple Saturday night too. And then yeah, it starts that's the cycle just, over. Yeah. Again. And so that's, a, that's a big thing for me is just kind of, understanding your personality understanding kind of what your triggers are and then like making sure that you kind of eliminate those from your life and are as aware of them as you can possibly be yeah it makes sense it's uh that self-awareness is huge i mean i talk about self-awareness with people all the time just because like it's kind of a double-edged sword too because you're like when we were talking about earlier like i know i need to do this but i don't want to do it Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And it's also difficult just because, like, when you know you're depressed, you know you're depressed, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Where it's like there's some people that aren't able to identify it, and they're just, they feel down, but they don't really know why. And for me, it's like I wake up and I'm like, oh, today's going to be a rough one. Here we are. Yeah. And like my my therapist has taught me how to identify it from an early stage. Like, my anxiety, it starts in my stomach. I get this weird feeling in my stomach. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I get that feeling, I know what steps I need to take to try to like curb it because if I let it grow from that and it's like, if I'm just like, Oh, I'm just going to ignore that and like not deal with that Suppress it, and it keeps building and building and building. Then it gets to the point that it's like, I'm having actual anxiety and I'm on the verge of an anxiety attack type of thing where it's like learning like the early stages. It's kind of like, like how like we have like weather warning systems where it's yeah. like, Hey, like, here you go. This is the first sign. Here's the second sign. Here's it. For me, it's like, okay, figure out what is your first sign. And for me, what I did was I would just keep my phone. Obviously, everyone always has their phone on them. Mm-hmm. And when I would experience anxiety, I would start to write what I was experiencing or depression, whatever it is. But you start to write like the first step where you notice, where it's like, okay, when did I notice I had anxiety? Write down what you were feeling in that exact moment. And then you try to trace it back and back and back. And then you figure it out. Like for me, it's like, okay, I feel this little weird 
feeling in my stomach and that's like, okay, here it comes. And then it slowly builds up and then I can feel it in my chest and then my throat. And, but for me, it was like, at first it was like, I I felt the tightness in my chest. So it's like, you're right. Like having anxiety, tightness in chest. And then you realize like, okay, I already have anxiety when my chest is tight. So what was it that I felt before that? And that's kind of how I've been able to kind of be more self-aware and figure out what I'm, what state I'm in is being able to kind of do that and backtrack of like, okay, I woke up today and I feel like I could run a marathon and become president of the United States, probably in a manic phase and I should pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, And so that's a lot of it is just being self-aware and also having people around me, like my girlfriend's pretty good about like, especially when I'm in my mixed phases being like, Hey, like there's some, there's some stuff going on and it's like yeah cool thank you like i I needed to see that like so same thing like family like especially because i'm very open about my my mental illness yeah i I don't let it define me like i I don't identify it as it type of thing like i don't let it wrap up my identity but i want to be open about it yeah because i want people to know that like yeah i struggle with it but i still do everything i need to do in life like yep there's there's ways to survive it's it's not the easiest. Like, do I think everything would be easier if I was essentially playing with the full deck? Obviously. But yeah. I'm cool. Like, yeah, you got to work with what you got. Yeah. Like, well, and people have always asked, like, if you had the ability to take your bipolar away, would you? And I think my answer would depend on the day, obviously. Yeah. Like, when I'm in my, like, depressive, like, if I'm in, like, a suicidal Absolutely. type thought, Take it away. 100%, I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't ever want to deal with this ever again. But then I think about it from the standpoint of, like, the things I enjoy mo- most in life come from my creative side. So would I still have my creative side? If If that would go away, I don't think I would. Like, as yeah. much as the lows suck some of the highs are so great, man. Like the, the ideas I come up with and just the days that you have when you're, if you're having a manic day and you understand you're having a manic day and you're able to control it, you can have phenomenal days because you understand like, Hey, this is a fleeting feeling. I'm not going to feel this forever. I could two hours from now come crashing. So for me, it's just kind of like learning to enjoy that moment and embracing that moment. And when I'm depressed, understanding that like, for me it's like when i'm in my depressed states it's not i don't it's not like i'm coming up with like shoe designs and all that type of stuff it's more of the introspective i learn things about myself i write things more more expressive in that sense when i'm yeah, in my yeah. depressive phase and when i'm in my manic or I write mixed, better jokes when i'm depressed exactly like and i was watching something the other day and they said like 90 percent of like the most successful poets in the world struggle with either like bipolar or depression or all this stuff. And it's because it makes you turn inward and you're able to kind of reach parts of yourself that most people don't think about. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it's just learning what to do when I'm in those phases. So it's like, that's why for me, I won't really accept stuff that's on crazy deadlines because for me, it's like, if I'm going to do a pair of shoes, you want me to do it when I'm feeling creative. If I'm feeling depressed, I'm not, you're not going to get a very good product. And so if someone calls me and is like, Hey, I need a shoe in a week. I'm not the one for you Yeah, because I've learned that I have to do what my body and my mind is telling me to do. So it's like, if I wake up and I'm depressed and I'm like, man, I need to get some stuff off. 
I know I need to either do a podcast or write something or talk to someone or do yeah. something like that. And instead it was always like, well, I just need to force myself to be creative. And then you start to beat yourself up and you're like, man, maybe I lost my creativity. And it's just like, no, man, no. you're just in the wrong state of mind. Yeah. Where when I'm manic, I can't do the, the like inner personal, get really in touch with my feelings type of thing. So it's, it's just learning, okay, what phase am I in and, and what benefit can I get from this? Because obviously there's negatives to both, yeah. but there's positives to both too because some of the best ideas I've ever had in life have come from a manic episode. I write them down because my manic episodes don't usually last that long. Yeah. But it's like, okay, I'm manic. I got to be smart. I got to not blow money. I got to not do this. I got to not... Yeah. Got to not decide to move across the country. I have like there's so much stuff I have to do or make sure I don't do when I'm in a manic episode, but there's also so much stuff I can do where it's like when I'm in my like high high manic things, it's like I can walk into a room and I look around and I can design an entire room in my head instantly, and it's just like I'm depressed. I walk into that's not happening. So it's just like that to me. It's like. Yeah, there's negatives, but man, some of the trade-offs are, I don't think I'd be who I am. I don't think I'd be a barber. I don't think I would be doing any of like the art stuff I do mm -hmm. if I didn't have bipolar disorder. So it's like, yeah, it sucks, but I'm choosing to try to find some positive in it. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's essentially to me, it's like a, why not, man? I struggle with it no matter what. Yeah. Why not it's try here. to find something positive out of it? Yeah. And my creativity is something uh, like I've been listening to a lot of stuff on like Rick Rubin and I just actually downloaded his book for audio and he talks about creativity and like the, the mental health side of it and, and all that type of stuff. And just understanding that like when the creativity flows, you got to go with it because it's not always there. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like I've learned when my creativity usually hits and I just kind of let it flow and I do my thing in there and I deal with the negative side effects. It's just like the medicine that I take. Yeah, there's a lot of positives with it. It helps me. It makes life easier, but there's negative side effects. Yeah. Just like everything. You know what I mean? So it's like every, almost everything you do in life, it's like there's positives and negatives. But when it comes to mental health, only the negatives are brought up. And so it's oh, just yeah. kind of like, yeah, I'm just trying to be the person that's like, hey, man, yeah, this sucks. But you have this or you can do this or like, yeah, ADHD sucks, but it gives us the ability to do some stuff that other people can't type. And so it's just like, obviously not all situations are the same. There's some that it's like, like I'm not trying to sit here and say that like every person in the world should find a positive with their debilitating stuff. I don't have debilitating bipolar disorder. I struggle with it, but I've been able to get through life fairly well with it. Yeah. So my experience is different than anyone else's. That's a big thing for me is because I've fallen into this before where you listen to someone and they did something and you're like, that's what I have to do. That's going to solve all of my problems. And you like focus on one idea or one person or one podcast or one thing. And it's like, just because it worked for someone else doesn't mean it works for you. It's kind of the trap I fall, I fell into with entrepreneurship said i was joking with you earlier it's like i call it the gary v effect and it's yeah. like the you watch him and it's like if you're not grinding and you're not doing this yeah. and you're not doing this you're not an entrepreneur you suck you did and you're just like man i need to do this like he's success and it's like 
for a while and it wasn't like i actually never really listened to gary v stuff i just use him as an example because i see everyone talk about him but yeah there were certain people like steve jobs was a huge inspiration for me just the way he thought about life and all that stuff and it was like i've found myself at times like leaning so far into that that it's like yo that was steve jobs that's not you that's not like yeah take the positives from that take what i need to from that but i like to get a mix of of everyone i'll even listen to people i disagree with just because it's like yeah you need to perspective because for me it's it's something i'm working on like just being more open-minded like i'm fairly open-minded i mean i've changed my belief system as much as you possibly could like grew up very conservative christian family like essentially like if the bible said it that's what it was type of thing and it's like that's that's not who i am anymore that's not what i believe like i remember like i'm very open about it too because i don't i don't believe in this like you should hide from your past and you should worry about people finding it out it's like i wanted to be a youth pastor for a while and i remember i did a sermon on homosexuality and was like oh it's a sin it's a choice and that was just stuff that like at the time you didn't know any better yeah it's like that's what i had been told and i don't and i'm not trying to like shade anyone because like you have to think like this was in the 90s where this it wasn't as accepted as it is and so it's like i was just taught from a biblical perspective it was like yo this is wrong yeah yeah. so you just kind of like oh okay yeah that's wrong and then it's like i got into the barbershop world and i just kind of left the church scene and kind of saw the world from a different perspective and it's like my views could not be any more open-minded now like i do everything I can in my power to make sure that anyone and everyone feels comfortable in my barbershop. Like mm-hmm. I cut a bunch of people that like do drag and, and stuff like that. And it's like, it's awesome. I support them, whatever they want. Yeah. But I also don't think it's fair to like, try to sit here and pretend like that's who I've always been because I feel like it's important for people to see that people can change because exactly, we, we live yeah. in a, like the society that we live in right now. It's like, you have these views, and you have to have these views for the rest of your life. This yeah. is who you are. You can't like, change. Nobody change. It's well, like, and it's like that's whoa. why. Well, and it's like part of me is like glad that's why. Like, there's no videos of me preaching back in the day because it was before everyone like videoed everything. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so easy to take things out of context. Like, someone could easily go back, see that clip of video, be like, "Yo, look what this dude said in 2009," and not taking like account who I am in 2023. And so it's like, you see memes about it all the time, but it's like, if you knew me in 2008, you no longer know. And it's like, (laughs) if you knew me in 2021, you no longer know me. Like not the same person. I am a completely different person than I was back then. And it's like, I think that's how everyone should be. And it's a good thing to change as long as it's like, obviously like in positive ways and stuff. But I just hate this. Like, yeah, you need to be held accountable for things that you did, but to like hold someone like hostage to an idea they had when they were like, yeah, like most of us when we were 10 years old wanted to be Spider-Man. And it's like, mm-hmm. you look yeah. back now like, hey, you idiot. Remember when you wanted to be <laughs> Spider-Man? You're stupid. And it's just like, you I was grow, ten. man. Yeah. Like you, you learn, you evolve. And to me, it shows growth. It shows the fact that and I need to be more open-minded, 100%. There's things I, I realize all the time that I'm like, yo, like, my response to that was very closed-minded. And a lot of it, once again, comes down to being self-aware. But I just feel like people need to be open. And a lot of people are scared to talk about beliefs they had in the past because of the, the cancel culture or whatever it is. And it's just like, 
I just I don't care. Like, no, I, I used to think like that. I don't anymore. Well, it's that's also like important to talk about. But it's also like I don't like see myself as like an important enough person in society that like my views should change. Like it's just like exactly. yo, this is just like personally like this is just what I believe. Like and this is this is who I was back then. This is what I said. Like those words came out of my mouth. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend they didn't, but those words don't come out of my mouth now. That's so that's the huge thing. It's like. I do everything I can to support whatever cause I can. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have different views growing up? Yeah, but you can change. And that's that's a huge thing for me is just like you see so many people that it's like a prisoner of your past. And it's just like, especially for me, it's like I stopped going out. So I run into people that haven't seen me since 2015 when I was the drunk idiot down for anything that's yep. hop in a car and go wherever and it's like i'm sober i do yoga i meditate growing my hair out all of this stuff and people are just like what is happening and it's like yo this is the new me and this is the best version of me that i've ever had and yep. this is who i am as a person and you knew that version of me back then that version of me was that version of me that's not me anymore and i just feel like there's people always say like people don't change and it's because people won't let you change i can't tell you how many times people like almost try to like bring you back down to where you were and it's just like oh well he does yoga now and he meditates now but well back in 2015 i saw him get mad and almost fight this dude over that and it's just like yeah 100 percent. i used to have a temper and i used to do stupid stuff and say yeah. stupid stuff but I'm not that person anymore, but people try to bring it out of you. Mm. And it's like, I'll be around people that it's like, they try to antagonize you enough that it's like, and I think some of it is honestly like, because it's hard, it's hard to change. And I think people don't want to put in the necessary work to change. So it's easier to just takes work. It's just easier to like make it so that it's like, Oh, well no, this person can't change. Like no, Brandon can't change. Like that's, it's fake. Like, that's that's not, not really, really who he is and yeah. it's just like yeah no oh. people can change man like there's a reason i keep my circle small there's a reason people don't necessarily know who i am anymore because that's one thing i've learned is you have to kind of keep that you have to learn to keep certain stuff private mm-hmm. and that's a huge thing for me is trying to find that balance of like being a barber and and doing art and doing the stuff that i'm trying to do i have to get my name out there and i have to be public but I also really enjoy my privacy. And so it's just trying to find that balance of like being public, but also being behind the scenes and, and staying in my own lane type of thing. And it's just like, that's, I've realized my peace is my most important thing to me. I just yeah. straight up don't care. That's part of like why I'm getting out of the barber industry. It's just like, I don't, not out of the barber industry. I'm still cutting hair. Out of the business. Yeah. Cause owner. it's just like, aspect of it i fell into this 100 percent, but it's just, it's a very ego driven thing and you have to you have to have an ego to cut hair you have to think you're good i just don't care like i don't want to sit there and go like oh am i better than this person oh this person's better than me or like oh did you see that person's haircut it it had this in it or, i just 100 percent no longer care like you can think i'm the best barber in the world or the worst barber in the world it doesn't matter my clients come to me and they pay me money and that's good enough for me like the people who come to me and get their hair cut by me clearly think either i can cut hair good or the conversation's good whatever it is but i'm choosing to focus on the people that are there and not the people who aren't there type of thing and so it's just for me it's like 
I don't even follow any barbers on Instagram or anything. I'm just like, I just, I don't care, man. I'm not interested in, comp- I was in, I played sports for a long time and then I was in the barber or the business world for a while and I'm just, I'm tired of competing. Yeah. I just don't care. I'm, I'm only competing against myself now and yeah. I'm not even competing against myself. I'm just doing what I want to do. I'm tired of like, yourself. yeah, yeah. That's, that's a better way of putting it. And it's just like, I don't, that competitive fire in me is just, it died, man. Like, yeah. I just want to chill and do hippie stuff. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> yeah. just trying to chill and like, yeah. whatever I want to do. If I wake up and I want to paint a pair of shoes, do that. If I want to do woodworking, do that. If I want to go cut hair, that's what I'm going to do. And it's like, the only way I have the ability to do that is to take a step back and just focus on myself. And that was the ultimate thing of like, my mental health is my number one priority in life. And taking a step back and being like, I don't want to be an entrepreneur and I don't want to be responsible for other people was the number one thing I could do for my mental health. And yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, being able to step back and just get back to, I'm not there yet because still have the building i'm still in the transition i'm still like right now life is really really hectic yeah but it's like you can see i see the finish line like i have a date of like okay this is when i should be like i should know for sure that the place is mine this day and then i should be ready to move into the place on this day so at least it's like a finish line Mm -hmm. but it's like until i get to that finish line it's like the last part of the marathon where you're cramping and you're like this sucks like senioritis like crazy like you just checked out and you're just yeah. like, i don't want to deal with this anymore just i just want to be in my spot i don't want to deal with this but seeing the end in sight it's it takes that weight off you're yeah. just like okay a couple more weeks of this probably a month more of this and i'm done don't have to deal with it anymore and so it's like having that light at the end of the tunnel is finally like okay cool this is real this is happening i'm finally going to be done that stress is going to be gone and then once all the everything kind of settles down, that's when I'm going to be able to find like, okay, what's my routine now? Like now that I don't have all this stress, now that I have free time, now that I have this ability, what does that routine look like? And so that's kind of the next phase that I'm in is just figuring out like, what does this next phase look like? Mm-hmm. like? How do I structure my life? What am I going to do? What days am I going to work? How long am I going to work? All that type of stuff. And so that's kind of what I'm excited for now is just figuring out I mean, I essentially decided to completely flip my life upside down. And it's like, it didn't surprise anyone who knows me. Like, when yeah. I called my parents to tell them, they were just like, yeah, makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I've, I've literally called my mom before because I've legitimately been at the spot before where I was like, hey, I might sell my house, sell my car, walk away from the barbershop and, like, move to, like, Puerto Rico or something. And she was like, I've kind of always expected a phone call. Like, like that's just, that's just <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of like, yeah. I just, once I make up my mind on something, it's what I'm doing. And yeah. it's like, I made up my mind. I'm done. I'm walking away and it's simple. I'm walking away. Like it, I'm not a sentimental person. Like I'm not going to drive by the building when it's gone. I'm not going to like reminisce on stuff. Like it's done. I'm done. Chapters closed. Like I haven't driven by the Washington spot since we sold that building. I don't Why? Yeah. yeah, there's good memories, but there's bad memories too. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's I want to focus. Yeah, I want to focus on my future and not dwell on the past. And like, I don't know. I don't see the point. And so for me, it's like, this is 100% positive. Like, I don't think there's any part of me that's sad. Like, I think that I thought there was going to be a part of me that yeah. was like, 
man, and maybe it will, maybe six months down the line, you'll just yeah. be like, man, like I, I had a pretty good thing going. Like I, I don't see it happening. Um, yeah. And the nice thing is, is that like, say it happened and I'm like, man, I miss that. I can always go back. I can always do whatever I want to do type of thing, but yeah. I don't ever see it happening. I see myself just as a more of the lone wolf provide for myself, be responsible for myself kind of person. And I'm excited to get back to being that. Yeah, that's awesome.